the three amigos. <laughs> and uh, uh, D'Artagnan is um, Hariyama in, in that comparison, I think. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Love and Hoppip are in the air this February. With plenty of egg bonuses this month, it's sure to be a cracking good time. It's time for Deoxys to shine, but also Deoxys, and even their friend, Deoxys. Don't touch that Tota dial. Go Tour Johto is around the corner. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 176. It's January 25th, yet another Tuesday evening. I get to say that now because this is our second consecutive Tuesday evening. <laughs> we did it. Woo! I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Doing good. okay. Good, good, good deal. Good deal. All right. So before we get started here, we do have one new patron to give a shout out to. Shout out to Abby. Thank you so very much for your patronage. And we hope you're enjoying the Discord. Uh, but we also have to review some goals that we set last week. And Kyle and I are not, we're, we're both not feeling so great about this. But let's <laughs> also talk about Bulbasaur Community Day Classic. Because that happened this weekend as well. But goals first, and then we can chit chat. All right. So, Kyle, for yourself, since last Tuesday, one million experience. No. Okay. Okay. A resounding nah. Eight shinies. No. Okay. 30 GBL matches. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well, I'm no mathematician, but I think that's zero out of three. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a good time. Okay. It wasn't a good for, time. For goals, at least. That's fair enough. For myself, I had 15 shinies that I wanted to catch, and I did not do that. Very close, but no. Three million, yes. And 50 eggs, yes. So that's two out of three for me. And for Mitch, Mitch wanted to get 30 shiny Bulbasaur. God help him. 1.5 million experience, very doable. And five GBL matches, probably the most doable thing on that list. And he caught 18 shiny Bulba under the mark. But Kyle and I are not surprised. Uh, 1 million experience points, a lot of experience, but a little bit shy of his goal of 1.5. And he said he forgot GBL. So, Kyle, you have a friend in that category as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, better luck next time, Mitch. And I'm sure you played your brains out. Thank you. Anyway, I'm looking forward to saying some more new goals uh, at the end of this show because we've got some exciting stuff coming up. But we have a section for that, and it's called the news. And that's kind of, well, it's now. Hello and welcome to the news. Yo, what's going on? All right. So first and foremost, Kyle, let's talk Bulbasaur Community Day Classic. Well, it is not the first Bulbasaur Community Day. It is our first Community Day Classic in general. So it was this past Saturday. Bulbasaur was out. It was a shortened period back to the original three hours, two to five p.m. There was a three times catch experience uh, bonus going on, and it was pretty fun. Kyle, how was your experience and how did you do? My experience was okay, but I also did not play very much in general. 
I had some domestic stuff I had to do for a Saturday. And by the time I got home, it was right about two o'clock. And I'm like, I really, really don't want to go back and go back out. And so I played just around the house and around the neighborhood a little bit for like an hour and had a good time. I caught some solid Bulbasaurs for Great League and Ultra League, which was the actual important part. I got two shinies, but I already had four from previous events and full odds. So that was not the goal for this event anyways. And otherwise, it was good. I do look forward to more classics happening in the future. I'm I'm kind of on both sides of the fence about the shorter time frame. And I'd be interested to see what Chris has to say about that, too. So I really, really enjoyed it. I quite liked it. And like you had mentioned, we didn't see the original Bulbasaur community, either of us. So it was kind of nice and sort of fresh and sort of fun. But I was trying to pretend, what if this was a community that I had already seen? And how do I feel about it? And the answer is, because it was three hours, I feel like it's much more acceptable and a lot more fun, especially if it is a repeat. Because the three hours is like concentrated. It feels shorter. There's less amount of FOMO. I went out and I played really hard for all three hours. And I walked away still feeling good. When I walk away from a six-hour grind, like I feel accomplished, but I'm also like, where did my day go? And, you know, there was 30 minutes where I really was kind of zoning out and I'm a little bit short on my goals, so whatever. Like there was none of that with this. I like the three-hour time period. How did you feel about it? Are you feeling different or? So so here's the flip side of that and how I'm kind of thinking. You played the full three hours, you know, I'm not going to say intensely, but actively. And you were fine at the end of it. But at the end of six hours, you're exhausted and spent. You don't have to play all six hours. That's true. But if I don't play all six hours, I feel like I'm missing out. And so I'm definitely more motivated to finish the six. But if you base it off of the history of three hour days, you are still getting more as it stands anyways. And but I'm on I'm on both sides of the fence because three hours feels too short for me because it feels like if this is the only time you're going to get, you have to be there. You have to do this. You got to be involved because if you're not, you only got three hours. You can't stop and go get lunch. You got to be at your point to play when you start if you want to get the most of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. For the six hour day, if I'm 10 minutes late to to getting to my play location, I don't really feel that bad about it. Because I haven't really lost any time. If I want to take a half hour and go get lunch, I don't feel that bad. If I want to drive 10 minutes to go to a new park, again, I don't feel that bad. And if I want to leave an hour early, I still don't feel that bad. That's true. I mean, I think there's two sides to the entire conversation for sure. Like there are a lot of people that are that are thankful that it's shorter or thankful that it's longer because of both of the opinions we just threw out there. I think both of those players exist in great number i'm both of them i i am both of these players yeah because i i don't have a solid opinion about it i feel both of those ways about both situations (laughs) i i'm i'm glad that bulbasaur day was three hours because it's already happened once so it's just an opportunity but at the same time i don't like the three hours because i feel pressured to just take part in all of it so so does this all just kind of equal out for you at the yeah, end like, or, or are you happy there's some variety? 
it equals out in the event that our you know the next community days are not three hours long okay if that were to go back to being the norm i would be very very disappointed i'm kind of all about the community day classics being the original shorter length and the new ones being the long length so that your second opportunity is three hours long so that those of us that do play every event but might have already done it before don't feel like we're spending all this time you know while chasing that feeling of avoiding feeling bad um yeah, I don't know. It's it is kind of a quandary. Perhaps we're focusing far too much on the time the time window and not some other aspects like catch rate. I kind of wanted to talk to you about that. Catch rate seemed really rather acceptable to me this time as opposed to previous starter community days. I think it was lower than it should have been or higher, I guess depends on. Was it harder or easier to catch? It was harder to catch, but not to the point where I was like, this is not acceptable. But yeah. I was seeing an awful lot of dark orange or you know dark yellow circles if you aren't using ultra balls. Right, or berries or whatever the case might be. Yeah. That being said, uh, this was a pretty easy, excellent throw. This wasn't I, like a swine-up community day where you had to wing it up and throw it really, really far. It was I, I disagree, but if your comparison is swine-up, then yes, I do agree. <laughs> I, I'm I, just saying that the catch yeah. the, if what the catch rate is is higher, I'm okay with it as long as it's really easy to hit greats over and over again. Yeah, you know. Plus, you cannot hate on a three times catch bonus. I was really happy about that. It depends on the Pokemon. <laughs> so, like how I many said. shinies did you end up walking away with? Two, two, two. Yeah. Like you said. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I walked away with about thirteen. Which was that's, a lot. That's not bad. That's not that's a bad. Lot for three hours. Yeah, those are some good numbers by our old standards for sure. That being said, about four of them were in the first 10 minutes. And then Oof. hour three, I had the reverse puner power hour, dude. <laughs> I had it was right at the beginning, the first 15 minutes and the last hour was rather dry. But I didn't see nearly as many people out playing. That was something to note as well. I wonder if the optics and advertisement for it was not as visible as regular community days or if people just were not as excited i'd love to hear some numbers from niantic if we could ever get access to those although we probably can't but i I would just be fascinated to hear about how people took this event but overall thumbs up thumbs down community day classic it's a thumbs up especially because i got like a pretty fantastic venusaurs for both great league and ultra league there you go oh and i got a number one in little cup venusaur don't worry about little cover it's garbage <laughs> but i got a like rank four for great league oh, Venusaur. Wow. so that's Good. that's gonna immediately get put to use when it's actually great league again so what's the move set in venusaur again is it it's it's vine whip or razor leaf razor leaf right it's vine whip don't you dare put razor leaf on your venusaur vine whip sludge bomb and yeah. frenzy plant yeah Very i'm cool. gonna give chris the benefit of the doubt that he was making a joke there and he didn't forget the razor leaf because yeah, that's kind of an old joke that used to make fun of me for razor a long leafing time ago. Yeah, he didn't know about it. And if you well, if you have not been with us for a, a very long time, he checked his Venusaur and he's like, "Yeah, it has Vine Whip." Immediately TMs it. Yeah, to vine whip. <laughs> yeah that was a deep cut. Anyway, 
Alrighty, we have uh, a big piece of news this week in so far as it is a framework for next month, including some details on an upcoming event, which I hope you're sitting down for when we get there. All right. February content update. Season of Heritage monthly bonus right at the top there. As part of the Season of Heritage, the following bonuses will be active. Increased Candy XL from hatching eggs and times two experience from hatching eggs. This is awesome. I'm really thrilled about it. I actually <laughs> will be hatching a ton of eggs this month because I'm f- starting to feel better. And um, I just got some new gloves for my sister. She got extras in the mail. So she gave them to me. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to go out in the snow, hatch some eggs, man. It's going to be great. February research breakthrough encounters from Tuesday, February 1st at 1 p.m. PST to Tuesday, March 1st at 1 p.m. PST. Esper will be the featured Pokemon for research breakthroughs for the first time in Pokemon Go you'll be able to encounter a shiny Esper if you're lucky. To give a little context, and then I'm going to ask Kyle for his opinion, which I'm sure he has. <laughs> Esper was raid exclusive for a while. I'm not sure if it moonlit in eggs. I think it did. I don't know. Yeah, Actually, yeah, it did. I, it did? I was about to yeah, take that back. It been eggs. Yeah, um, but the shiny was not out. So it was similar to Shanks, but dissimilar in the fact that the shiny was not released right away with the raid exclusive when it first came out. As far as usefulness goes, Esper is not really up there because it has a really highly competitive category of psychic monotype. <laughs> Meowstic is trash. It's yeah, just, unfortunately. Meowstic is bad. Unfortunately. So, Kyle, thoughts, feelings. This was raid exclusive and then it was in high tier eggs and now people are just getting it for free. But the shiny is coming out. I think it's Okay because it includes the shiny being released <laughs> let me rephrase Un- under over onyx <laughs> it is over onyx yes okay. most assuredly it is also over flower crown eevee by a lot oh that's a that's a personal choice but yes <laughs> no no it's not flower crown <laughs> flower crown eevee represents something yeah but flower crown eevee could also be evolved which is great yeah, but it also represents the downfall of research breakthroughs. So therefore, <laughs> it's a measure that you have to compare everything to. It set a precedent. Kyle was not a fan. <laughs> and I uh, remember you railing against it at the time. You're like, this is it. This is going to ruin it forever. I, <laughs> so like this, this is OK. And in terms of what we've gotten in the past, this is like thoroughly B tier because it's a new shiny. And that's about yes. it. Yeah. But it's a bad Pokemon that has a really good shiny though it's a, it's a really good shiny it's a bad pokemon statistically i like the pokemon design wise <laughs> lore wise is pretty cool and like you said the shiny is fantastic i would say if they didn't have the shiny release with this this would be a dud big time in my opinion but because they're doing the shiny that's an interesting way to do it i guess see how it goes uh five star raids let's get to some raids here Regirock and Registeel will be returning to five-star raids this February uh, after Regice at the end of this month, as Kyle had guessed, <laughs> looked into his crystal ball of disappointment, and here we are. Oh, uh, friendly reminder that Regice had Thunder. It's currently in raids right now. It has Thunder, a special move, so keep that in mind as we move through this. We're also excited to announce that Deoxys will be returning to raids in February, and that's not all. For the first time ever, you'll be able to encounter shiny attack form Deoxys, shiny defense form Deoxys, and shiny speed form Deoxys. That's right, the normal form has already been shiny and available in the past, so these three forms are new shinies, uh, so to speak. In celebration, 
From Wednesday, February 16th to March 1st, you'll be able to receive up to two free raid passes per day from spinning gym photo discs. This is good news because Defense from Deoxys is a big get for PvP, mm-hmm. and Deoxys in general has, is kind of a rare get, especially these forms. So while you're shiny hunting, they're, they're helping subsidize the cost a little bit with these free raid passes. It's very cool. Raiko, Entei, Suicune, Lugia, and Ho-Oh will also be returning to five-star raids for Pokemon Go Tour Johto on February 26th. Please note, raid rotations all start and end at 10 a.m. local time on the dates listed, unless otherwise noted. So here's kind of the schedule. You could piece it together based on what I just said, but here are specific dates. Regirock, which will have the move Earthquake from February 1st to the 9th. Registeel, with the exclusive move Zap Cannon, from the 9th to the 16th. Normal Deoxys is from the 16th to the 19th. Attack Deoxys is from the 19th to the 22nd. Defense Deoxys is from the 22nd to the 25th. Speed Deoxys is from the 25th to March 1st. And of course, during Go Toward Johto, you're going to have the legendary beasts, Lugia and Ho-Oh, and they're going to be in raids from 9 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. local time on February 26th. Outside of that time period and on the day itself, it'll be whatever raid Pokemon was supposed to be in there. I believe it's Speed Deoxys at that day. Yes, it is. So there's that. Interesting return with the Regis. Uh, you were correct, Kyle. Are you happy you were right? You were no, right. I'm not happy. <laughs> but it's okay that they got new moves. That's at least something that said initial looking at how that actually affects anything. They're not any better, really, hmm, okay. than what it currently has. Zap Cannon does nothing really in Great League and has some minor wins in ultra league and as far as i could see earthquake is objectively worse on regirock in okay in all maxims so yeah, yeah. earthquake is kind of a bad move in the ground category anyway uh, but we also have some mega raids this is thankfully much simpler <laughs> than what i just described for five stars mega houndoom will be from the first through the 15th of february and then mega ampharos will be the 15th to march 1st Kyle's shaking his head. What's going on? You upset about something? It's another month of no new megas of any kind. Yeah, that's true. And they are. We, kind of we, we got them. like 40 more megas to release. Come on. We got to like it's going to be the year 2029 before we get mega metagross or something like that. There's also raid hours, though, that are accompanying these interesting raid Pokemon picks. These are Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. local time. February 2nd is Regirock. February 9th, Registeel. The 16th will be Normal Form Deoxys. The 23rd will be Defense Form Deoxys. And February is a short month, so we will not have a fifth one, unfortunately. There's also going to be Spotlight Hours. These are on Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. local time. February 1st is Litleo, and then we'll have the bonus of two times experience for evolving Pokemon. February 8th will feature Spritzy with the associated bonus of two times catch Stardust. That's nice. February 15th is going to feature Coughing, two times catch Experience. February 22nd is Voltorb, which is a a Coughing, but on the ground uh, with two times catch Candy. Yep. And then there's also the weekly one Pokecoin bundles, and those are every Monday. They have a remote raid pass in them and some other items. You can get them for one Pokecoin once per week. So before we hop into any of the particular events, which is going to wrap up the news section and this news item in its entirety for us, Kyle, any thoughts on 
spotlight our choices. I know you said you weren't thrilled with the mega raids and we already talked about the five star raids. So for spotlight hours, are these choices looking good for you? We had kind of have a mixture of shiny and not shiny possible. No, I I mean, I dislike these spotlight hours. Spritzy and Litleo are just everywhere all the time. And the other two just are okay. Like, I mean, Coffin least, and Voltorb could at least be shiny. That's pretty cool. Yeah, although their shinies have been toted out for a whole bunch of things. Voltorb in particular, Coffin oh, yeah. a little less so, but it also had that long stint as a shadow. Yep. So, eh, and the raids are just uh, don't <laughs> I look? I'm not gonna lie. I have not <laughs> actively pursued raids in a long time, and it's not because I don't like raids. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I'm excited to be excited about raids. I'm hoping that you and I are going to meet up for go toward Johto to some degree and that we can uh, maybe hit up some of those raids and get some shines we don't have. But yeah, until then, I don't know. I'm probably going to hunt for Deoxys shinies, but <sighs> I'm not really going to feel the need to get the Reggies except for like one each. And that's a maybe I'm going to do like a defense form Deoxys. And as long as it's not a hundo i'll probably keep it at that because mm-hmm. i don't have one for pvp because i didn't there get to go. do it the first you just time need around. the one just yep. need the one all right so some events here we've got three events that we have very little details for and then one event that we have all the details for so the three non-detailed ones first so a uh, lunar new year ring in the lunar new year from tuesday february 1st to monday february 7th i'm really hoping we get some more details on that soon for those who don't know i believe it is the year of the tiger so that will give a good indicator of what to expect, I feel. You think we're to say Raikou and raids? I hope not, but <laughs> wait, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, I mean, he's a no, that's Red Jirak. It's going to be Red Jirak at that time. Yeah, but I mean, we don't know the details for the event. It could also be in raids in addition to that Red Jirak in the rotation. That would be awful. That would be awful. It don't. would be awful if it wasn't Red Jirak. <laughs> but like, it's still bad. Yeah, it's still that's bad. True. That's true. Uh, Valentine's Day on Thursday, February 10th to Monday, February 14th. Trainers can celebrate Valentine's Day with in-game events and activities. An evolutionary line of fairy type Pokemon will even make its Pokemon Go debut. Which one do you think that is? I don't know any fairy types from Gen 1 through 6 that we don't have right now. I don't know, Kyle. Looking at this list, what do you think? I mean, I'm pretty sure unless we're going to break into a new generation, the only one we don't have is Flabebe and whatever its evolutions are called. I don't like that Floet Pokemon. and Florges? Florges? I, look, I don't like this Pokemon. I'm just going to... Florges in the machine? <laughs> Gen 6 has some good Pokemon. That is not one of them. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was like, except for Flabebe. <laughs> no, no, there, there's plenty of exceptions, but... That one's not at the top of the list, but it's it's on the list for sure. So, yeah, I think it's got to be that based on the limit uh, process of elimination. That's kind of the all we have left. So interesting. Hopefully more details about that. And then go toward Johto lead up event. This is from Friday, February 18th to Friday, February 25th. Get ready for Pokemon. Go toward Johto with a Pokeball focused event. That'll be interesting for sure. But the big piece of news and what I'm very interested in talking about with Kyle today is February Community Day. Trainers, we're excited to announce that Hopip, the cottonweed Pokemon, will be featured during February's Community Day event. 
That community day will be on February 12th from 11 to 5 p.m. local time. The featured Pokemon will be Hopip. Yep. The exclusive attack. Evolve Skiplume, Hopip's evolution during the event or up to two hours afterward to get a jump pluff that knows the charged attack acrobatics. It's a flying type move. Does 110 in PvE and 100 damage in PvP from the looks of it. Um, do you know if this is a clone of something else? I'm not too familiar with acrobatics. We we don't well, we don't have enough of the information right now, but I think acrobatics is a pretty unique move in Go. Well, in the main series game, it has increased damage if the character's not holding any items. Something like that. I believe that's the case, yeah. So I know there's some other moves like that, but I can't think of any that are in Go off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting for sure. That's an interesting exclusive attack. Uh, Community Day special research story, a hop, skip, and jump away. I do like this one. For $1 or the equivalent pricing tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Hopip Community Day exclusive special research story, a hop, skip, and jump away. Stay tuned for when tickets go live. Event bonuses. All right, this to me right here is where the good stuff is. Three times catch Stardust, always welcome. Incense and lures activated during the event will last for three hours. That's kind of standard fare. Take a few snapshots during community day for a surprise. It'll be a hot pip. Get up to three free raid passes from gyms during the event and up to two hours after the event. That's awesome, but it kind of gives a weird mixed signal because community day isn't about rates. But uh, <laughs> we'll circle back to that because I want to pick Kyle's brain. Chance for Skip Plume to appear in parks alongside Hopip. And since the catch bonus is Stardust and you get increased Stardust for Evolved Forms, that's going to be kind of like a little bit of a Stardust bomb every single time you catch one. So if you can play in a park, that's that's a good way to go, especially if your main goal is Stardust. And bonus Hopip XL candy from Skip Plume caught in parks. So if you're looking for a PvP jump pluff that needs to be XL for some reason, there you go. Or a skip plume. I don't know if that's useful at all. Bundles. There's going to be a special one-time purchase community day box available for 1280 coins, featuring 50 Ultra Balls, two Super Incubators, six Star Pieces, and Elite Fast TM. And then there will also be a bundle containing 30 Ultra Balls that'll be available at the shop for no cost. So make sure you grab that. And there's going to be stickers. They're in stops. They're in gifts. You can buy them. Standard fare. All right, now that all of the details are out of the way, Kyle, I'm dying to know your opinion about this event. It's extended bonuses. Are they enough to win you over? That sort of stuff. Oh, my God. All right. I have several thoughts, both tied to Community Day and also outside of it. First off, this is an awful choice. This is, <laughs> is absolutely awful. I cannot think of another Pokemon that they could have released for Community Day that would have made me be this this upset it's it's one of the worst of the pokemon that are in the game i would have been more excited for a pidgey community day and that shiny's already out right now or even like you know go starly if you want to do something new but still oh, that'd be cool starly would be pretty cool yeah i love star after so that said three times catch stardust it's yeah you can't be upset about that it's good but it could have been with another pokemon so that doesn't count it doesn't count. The one thing that I do like because of the potential for the future, not because of Hopip, is the chance for evolutions to be to appear, specifically in parks. But that leads to another thing in one second. And 
the bonus XL candy only from Skip Bloom, not from Hopip. And Skip Bloom that were caught in parks. Yes. But here's the problem. The game doesn't define parks. What's a park? Yes, I know there's the dark green spots on the map, but that's not actually what defines a park. And it's so lacking in communication, despite telling you in plain English what it is. And like, I know the majority of where I play are considered parks because I've played there enough. But if I did not play there enough, I would not know that. I think the idea is to get out and kind of explore. So like you go to your local park and you just hope for the best. (laughs) Exactly. But the problem, again, the problem is this timing is you you got six hours. How am I supposed to know if it's a park until a skip plume shows up? What if I play for two hours and no skip plume shows up? I'm hoping that it's rather obvious that you'll see a bunch of skip plume. I highly doubt it. But with the bonus Stardust, three times Mm -hmm. catch with a star piece on a skip plume is going to be 1600 Stardust per catch. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. So there's no there's no way it's going to be very obvious. If it is, this is great. Like this actually that would actually make up for the event if mm-hmm. if it was that frequent. All right, I've said my piece on that. Is there anything you want to say, Chris, before I talk about the other part of this? No, I think those are fair misgivings and a fair concern about the the lack of clear communication about what counts as a park. I think that's just kind of an overall meta conversation about kind of communication in the game and whether or not that's intentional based on one of the core tenets of exploration. Like I kind of posited just a couple minutes ago. I don't know, but I'd like to have an expanded conversation about that at another time. I I think it would be awesome if we had more tags on the map, more things like the dark green spots would be great. Give me reason to see something in the distance and want to go see it. That's not just a Pokestop. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it'd be great. Or if there's a patch of grass that as a park does qualify as a park for some reason, denote it on the map with some sort of like slight glow or a slight sparkle or there's little patches of grass that pop up and shake or something. I mean, you know, I mean, even the the dark green on the map is is enough as long as somewhere tells us that that qualifies. Right. But there's too much dark green for that to actually be the case. That said, the other elephant in the room that people have started to talk about a lot more now is that Hapip is a Johto Pokemon. I mentioned it for New Year's because I saw the writing on the wall when they released Hoot Hoot with the shiny. And we I forgave that at the time because it had a hat and the hat was also really good. But as soon as they announced Johto Tour tickets, we've had four featured Pokemon events in a row that are Johto Pokemon that were not shiny before i.e they were part of the selling point of go to a johto and that's just a bummer (laughs) like so i'm gonna i want i want to make it very clear this does not affect me at all i don't care i was going to get go to a johto no matter what what shiny was where was not selling me on it but i know that there are a lot of people out there where that was the case and to see it just in in a row, seven Pokemon in a row as shiny, it's just it couldn't have broken it up or something. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if they had somewhere in the copy for these events being like, you know, uh, in anticipation of getting into the Johto spirit, blah, blah, blah. Like if all of these were part of a ramping up event to get excited for Johto, 
Mm-hmm. I would probably feel a little bit differently about them. I also don't care. I mean, they're not going to release all of the shinies. We're still going to have a, a chunk of new ones at the event for sure. And that'll be cool. And I'll have less things to hunt for because I'll have these other ones from the other events prior. So it'll be less stressful. But to devalue something technically for a ticket that you've already sold in between the time the ticket is sold and the event is happening does not feel good or does not look good in an optic sense. I agree with that. I think you can't really argue against it. I um, I, I think that the Hapip one is the real tipping point for me because it is a community day. So that, that kind of makes it a bigger deal than one Pokemon released for an event. Sure. Because there there is a certain level of expectation there. So like I don't care that Slugma came out for the event because that was that was fine. It's whatever. And Hoot Hoot had a costume, so it has its variants and stuff like that. Hopip is just no, here's a community day. And Hopip is one of the featured shinies in Go Tour. It's one of the mm-hmm. ones on the list for boosted shiny rate. Mm-hmm. So that immediately removes it from the list. Pretend it's not there if you are going to have any more discussions about it. Well, I mean, it'll still be boosted. So yeah, but it won't matter because you'll have 40 of them. I suppose that's true, especially after six hours of catching them. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only thing that's left to be said, because I really don't have any counterpoints other than I have one additional argument that would make me a little bit more sour, um, which is just like, it seems like they're trying to get mileage out of these Pokemon before they release the shinies into this catch all event, Yeah, which is, I think the negative perspective that a lot of people are taking. And I, I would much rather take a, take the stance of there it's just Johto theme stuff leading up into a big Johto event. And that makes sense to me. And I'm sure that's more like it. I'm actually sure it's probably both. I'm sure. It's both. Yes. So I, like, we're going to get some mileage out of these and it'll get people into the Johto mood. Cause we're just talking Johto, Johto, Johto. And, right? and that's why the hop up one is the breaking point for me because it's a community day. I mm-hmm. think what they should have done, what would have been a good option was do a February community day do Tyranitar as a classic for the next week after it. Everyone loves Lavatar. It's a great time. Toad it out. It's Johto themed. And then everyone has a good time. Everyone's happy. And I don't know. But obviously, like we said, the mileage out of the shiny, there is a certain level of value in a new shiny for a community day, even though we knew it was coming out. But it's also kind of weird. You brought up Larvitar in particular, that Larvitar's rarity or exclusivity is sort of like reclaimed it after it had a community day because it's been kind it's been treated as rare since. Yes. So I don't know. Yeah, I think a community day classic would be incredible. Gosh, they did Gibble Community Day, so why not? I don't understand. That's a weird one. Anyway, the only thing left to say is that Hopip is difficult to catch yeah it's all yeah, hard it i don't want to ca- i don't want to catch skip bloom like yeah. that doesn't sound fun at all so uh, what i will say actually i'm going to speak for kyle too what we're what we're going to both suggest here is that if you have the opportunity to see some hobbits prior to community day go into the encounter i know you skip them normally but go into the encounter and i know they can't be shiny now but go into the encounter and try to throw some pokeballs at it and get a feel for it <laughs> and if you're missing a bunch make sure you stock up extra before going into this day, because I feel like it's the the day, word of the day is going to be whiff <laughs> for this community day for sure. It's like a Zubat community day. What? Yeah, that'd be so hard. It'd oh, <laughs> be so hard. Uh, but anyway, we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, I haven't decided whether or not I'm looking forward to this community day or not. I am excited and looking forward to how it goes over, especially with these unique bonuses. But we'll see. 
And I believe that leads us right into gear up. Kyle. So this week on gear up, we have raids, raids, some more raids. And did I mention raids? There's a lot of raids coming up in the course of the next like four weeks. (laughs) So I figured to start the month, we'd have a very quick rundown of all of the raids and all of the counters you can have. There's a lot of overlap as you can potentially imagine. So it'll, it'll keep it nice and easy <clears throat> for the sake of brevity. Assume a double move, a matching move set to the type that I'm listing in the category. Unless I otherwise mentioned there's like two or three on this whole list. <clears throat> First up, we have Reggie Rock. He's got so many weaknesses. Poor Rock type. He's still really sturdy, but just you can bring almost anything to this fight. We got steel, ground, grass, water, and fighting. Ugh, awful. It's awful. So many strong types, especially for Go. Steel type, it's, it's metagross. That's your option. Don't think about anything else, really. It's not worth it. Ground type, you got Garchomp, Landorus T, that's that's Therian form for everyone else out there. I'm sorry. And Groudon. Again, these are not comprehensive lists. You can use whatever you want. I wouldn't recommend continuing down the list of ground types, though. It's not a good idea. It's nice seeing Groupon on a list. And grass type, you got Venusaur. You just stocked up on those. Zarud, if you've uh, invested in your one. And <laughs> Tangrowth. For water, it's, it's really just Kyogre. If you want, you can bust out the... Clowitzer with crab hammer, but it's not. I don't I don't know why you would do that. And then fighting type with Conkelder, Lucario, and Machamp. For the rest of this list, if I say fighting type, assume these three, because I'm not gonna keep listing them. It comes up many, <laughs> it comes up many times. The three amigos. <laughs> and uh uh D'Artagnan is um Hariyama in, in that comparison, I think. Ah, okay, okay. All right, sure. <laughs> then we have registeel with fire ground and fighting same as above except this time we have fire uh and there's a lot of good fire pokemon including reshiram chandelure moltres and regular darmanitan for ground and fighting type assume the same there's there's not a whole lot of variety in the ground type and fighting types have clear winners Next up, the Suite of Deoxys, Normal Attack, Defense, and Speed. I'm going to group them all together because they're all psychic, obviously. <laughs> and if you've, if you've been around Go enough, you know how to deal with psychic. And if you don't, it, Ghost, Dark, or Bug. Bug is like, if you picture Ghost and Dark being first and second place, Bug is like, add 100 extra spaces, and then you have your Bug types. You're so disrespectful. <laughs> Look, it's true. Let me, I'll get it. I'll... I don't show up to recording for this treatment, <laughs> Kyle. <I> just... <laughs> so first you have Ghost Type with Giratino. Giratina Origin is the clear far and away winner if we don't count Megas or Shadows. And Chandelure, then Mewtwo with Shadow Ball. And Gengar. Gengar's still Mew- very, very squishy, though. Mewtwo with Shadow Ball is one of those examples of a mixed move set, right? Yeah, yeah. His his base attack is so incredibly high that it doesn't matter that his fast move is a psychic move. 
Right. Because Shadow Ball is just going to hit like an absolute truck. Oh, yeah. Then there's Dark Type with Darkrai, Hydreigon, Evital, and then good old reliable Tyranitar. The Bite Crunch variety, obviously. Don't bring your Smackdowns in there. And then if you really, really want to, you could bring Genesect to this raid. Boy, howdy. Which and, one? <laughs> uh, the one that knows X-Scissor. Oh, yeah. That's all of them. <laughs> exactly. That's all of them. And Caesar, if you want to. Caesar is the next best option aside from Genesect. Everything else is a bad option. Don't bring Heracross. Don't bring Pinsir. Just don't bring Butterfree. <laughs> Just for comparison, the difference between like Genesect and Tyranitar, which is not even a very good dark type, is almost 60 seconds of win time. So it's it's not good. <laughs> but if your intention is not to be the fastest, because we, we all know that that's really not the real game here. If you're looking to impress your friends um, and make enemies, then I would recommend running six Genesect like an absolute boss. <laughs> I mean, if you're this ties into the last point, if you're running the raid with like six or seven people, sure. But if you're short manning it, not a good idea unless it's a uh, speed form. Right. Genesect is rather tall form. Not good for short manning. <laughs> Actually, I don't think so. I don't. Is Genesect tall? How tall I don't think Genesect? so. I was just trying to make a joke. Why'd you bring attention to it? Thanks for ruining it. Appreciate it. Gosh. And, <laughs> I don't show up here for this treatment. <laughs> and the, the last note is that defense form is a much harder raid than the other three. Defense form is historically one of the harder legendary raids because defense scales so powerfully with the way the raid formula works so don't expect to be doing three-man defense the axis unless you are very optimized now forgive me if i'm misremembering this but we originally saw all the forms of deoxys in ex raids like yes a hundred years ago yes at this point in time And, and those ex raids were technically like tier six right so defense form Deoxys was like incredibly difficult. You had to have a minimum of like like eight or ten people in order to take it down before the timer ran out or something like that. Is this the first time they've ever out been out of them? Out no, of it's EX not. raids though? It's not. Defense form has been in five star raids. It has been. I'm just talking about when it wasn't EX raids. Yeah. I remember defense form being ridiculous. Like you could, I think, three man EX raid version attack form. People, people two manned attack. Form. Yeah, it was that. I remember squishy. that. Yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, to, to your point, defense form is by and large so much more difficult. So so bring bring buddies. You'll need them. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we have the Johto Tour event. And we're just going to cover all those raids real quick because we have the legendary dogs. First up is Raikou. It's, it's weak to ground type. That's it. It's just ground type. To go back over that list, it's Garchomp. Rhyperior, if you have a ground type Rhyperior for some reason, Excadrill, Groudon, and Landorus T. That that's it. There's not a whole lot of choices in the ground type category. Neutral damage is probably going to carry a lot of people if you don't have uh, Garchomp's or Groudon's. Just don't bring anything that will take super effective damage from Raikou because he will tear. <laughs> Watch out for that Shadow Ball. He's really strong. <laughs> Next up, there's Entei. That's Water, ground, and rock. Water, you got Kyogre, like 10 miles above most of the competition here. 
Kingler is surprisingly competitive because Crabhammer is so good. And then you've got Swampert and Samurott, just because Hydro Cannon's great. And then Clowitzer for the for the fun right there. I don't even think I've evolved the Clowitzer yet now that I think about that. I'm pretty sure the I have one. I definitely have there. not kitted one out though. No. <laughs> You don't want you don't want one. You don't want to have a team of six different water types. I I do actually. That sounds great. But then I look at it and I'm like, my Kyogre needs to be powered up with some more XL candy. So I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then you got the standard ground type, nothing special, and rock type, which is Rampardos, Rhyperior with those rock moves, not your ground one. Terrakian and then Tyranitar. This time, yes, with Smackdown. Lastly, for the dogs, we have Suicune with Grass and Electric. So for Grass, you got Zarude, Roserade, Sceptile, Tangrowth, and Venusaur. You can kind of put in whatever Grass types you really want as long as the movesets are appropriate. Suicune can learn Ice Beam, I believe. So watch out for that. If it doesn't suggest... A grass type in your recommended team, don't bring one because that's going to know Ice Beam. It can know Ice Fang and Ice Beam. Oh, the grass grass will just melt like completely. But but like you said, the auto recommendations will tell you one way or the other. And then there's the electric type. And there you got Zekrom is the far and away winner. Then uh, Thunderous Therian form, Electivire, Zapdos, and Magnazone. That's kind of about it. The budget options are not the greatest for Electric either. The budget option for Electric is Electivire, who's actually pretty great. So, yep. Or yep. Magazone. Catch the Magnemites that are spawning right now. You'll be fine. Uh, and don't forget, Mega Manic Trick is a thing, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't. We don't talk about Magus. Hey, I'm it's just okay. saying, if for some reason you don't have a competitive counter, but you have a good Manectric and you happen to have Mega Energy, you can still bring a, a fair amount of value to that group. <laughs> Okay, okay. In that very specific situation. <laughs> uh, next, we have the birds. That is to say the Johto birds. Lugia, see also Deoxys, because it's psychic type. But it's actually psychic flying, so it's got so many weaknesses. <laughs> rock, ghost, electric, ice, and dark. I'm not going to go over rock, ghost, and dark again, because they are the exact same as all the rest of this list. In fact, Electro-type is exactly the same, too. I just went over that one. So bring your Zekroms, bring your Magnazones, bring your Mega Manectric. <laughs> As a last resort. <laughs> and you can bring Ice-type if you want, but it's not really recommended because the other options are just so much stronger. And the obvious choice for Ice right now is Galarian Darmanitan. If you've uh, caught a lot of those over the holiday season, there was plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we have Ho-Oh. It's weak to rock. Did I mention it's weak to rock? It, you should probably try rock types. It's got Charizard syndrome. If it even looks at the side of the mountain, it's going to fall over. Oh, yeah. So in case you didn't catch that one, it's got a four times weakness to, to rock, which is actually 2.6 weakness or something in go. But don't worry yeah. about that. More damage. Whatever. Just to cover the rock types real quick because it's the only one. You got Rampardos, Rhyperior, Tyranitar, Terrakian, Landorus, 
And if you really don't want to bring a rock type, you can bring Zekrom because it's flying type. So it's still weak to electric. But I don't know why you'd be doing that. Honestly, an Amistar would be okay oh. to bring into this raid. That's how mm. effective two times week, four times week to a type is. And I, I laughed when I saw that in the, the listings. <laughs> Did it have the legacy moves, though? Because Omastar used to be riddled with legacy moves. I think like Rock uh, Thrower, Rock Blast, one of those two. Yeah, it's been a while. But Omastar used to be hot to trot back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back when EX raids were still in the wild. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Before that. Yeah. But anyway. Um, um, that said, just to clarify, all of these can be shiny. So they're all worth looking at, but uh, what what jumps out for the raids for you for the coming five weeks, Chris? Um, well, the Deoxys for the shiny forms, uh, relatively obviously, but I'm probably going to be going for Lugia quite a bit. Lugia is my second favorite legendary of all time behind Suicune. Um, and while I do have a really good Suicune, I do not have a good Lugia. And so I need to do that and get some more XL candies and probably sprinkle Suicune in there as well. But <laughs> Lugia is, despite its list of weaknesses, a strong Pokemon, especially with its signature move already on the game, Aeroblast. <laughs> it's it's good. It's a good it's, Pokemon. Uh, it's good in Master League, too, if you want to do Master League. It's bulky. <laughs> Big old tank. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Anything popping out? I don't remember if I got the shiny for Registeel last time. I know I made it a goal, but I can't remember if I hit it. Well, if you made so, it a goal, probably not. I mean, it may be, but I was doing those raids. <laughs> okay. So I would kind of like to raid the Registeel, at least somewhat. And also the Defense Deoxys, because I haven't, haven't got one that I would use for PvP. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, I think you're going to have a, a plenty of opportunities to raid Defense Deoxys, because I only imagine... That even within our uh, server, we're going to see a bunch of those posted like wildfire. So, yeah. All right. That's it for gear up. Thank you so much, Kyle. I feel much more prepared with this month ahead of me. I know what to expect. That's awesome. We're going to hop into Pokalore. And if you thought we were done talking about Hoppip, Skip Plume and Jump Pluff, you were wrong. I'm sorry, because this week we're talking about Hoppips, Kaplume, and Jumpluff, the cottonweed Pokemon, a.k.a. the allergen Pokemon, I suppose. Starting with Hoppip, Hoppip's body is very light and it is easily lifted off the ground by winds and will drift in the air. Hoppip can sense approaching strong winds. In order to avoid being blown away, it clusters and links leaves with other Hoppip or grips the ground firmly with its feet. However, it enjoys gentle breezes. Hoppip lives in temperate grasslands, although some also drift through fields, mountains, and even urban environments. They're, they're literally just like floaty little spores. That's what their inspiration is. It's great. Yeah. Who knows? Skip Bloom. Skip Bloom spreads its petals to absorb as much sunlight as possible. The bloom on top of its head opens and closes as the temperature fluctuates and its flower blossoms when the temperature rises above 64 degrees Fahrenheit or 18 degrees Celsius. Because of this, it is sometimes used as a thermometer. It floats in the air to try to get closer to the sun, but close, but closes its flower and immediately hides under the shade of a tree when it rains. Skip Plume lives in temperate grasslands. As seen in the games, the bloom on its head can turn clockwise. It like rotates. It's pretty cool. Jump Pluff. Jump Pluff is a round blue Pokemon with red beady eyes, two small round feet and a tail. 
three cotton puffs, almost as large as the body itself, extend off of it, one on each arm and one on top of its head. These puffs produce cotton spores that Jump Puff can use to float in the air, and it can control its flight even in a hurricane. Whoa. Three to four leaves grow at the base of the top puff. Jump Puff drifts on seasonal winds and can use its spores to masterfully maneuver itself around the globe. It will spread spores as it floats around to create offspring. It descends if it encounters cold air currents while it is floating. Though it spends a good amount of time in the air, it is commonly sighted above open, temperate grasslands. So they all kind of do the same thing, except that Hopip is like helpless. Skiploom is like, I'm going to avoid the rain. And Jumpluff is like, bring it on. Throw what you got at me, Mother Nature. I can take it. No problem. Stats. Max CP at level 40 is 1636. This is for Jumpluff. And at 50, 1850. So not very impressive. 181 stamina, 183 defense, and 118 attack. Best moveset is Bullet Seed with Aerial Ace and Energy Ball. And I believe that Acrobatics will be soon replacing Aerial Ace. I can't imagine Aerial Ace is better. Now, I will say some of the commentary I saw around it, and this might inspire some of you to catch some or, you know, put a little bit more effort into the community, especially with XL being an option, is that Jump Pluff, uh, well, Great League, because it doesn't reach Ultra, Ultra League ever, <laughs> is that it is a suitable substitute for Tropius. It's tanky, same oh, typing. Geez. It just doesn't have access to as many great moves as Tropius does. But if you are short a Tropius, and a lot of people are since it's a regional, uh, this can fill that niche if you need to for some reason. Kyle, any thoughts on the Hoppip family that you haven't already gotten off your chest this episode? I know that there have been Sylph metas where Jump Luff have been a thing. So <laughs> there is at least a reason for stuff to be happening with this Pokemon, I suppose. I don't like it. I, I don't like Hopip. I have personally never really liked it anyways. So I don't really have any positive feelings for it. Yeah. Yeah. The typing is cool. Grass flying is neat for sure. But it's kind of an uninspired Pokemon. I, I do like Jump Luff. I think the design is fine. I think the world building is fine too. Um, but I've never had an, like an affinity for the Hopip family in any way either. So I'm with you. Mm -hmm. All right, and that wraps up the Poke lore. That means it's time for Poke Poll. So last week's Poke Poll was: <clears throat> When do you normally play Pokemon Go during the day? Do you have any daily rituals around playing? First response is from Angry Bunny Man, and said, "I'm a morning person and an introvert, like really introverted. I really enjoy the early quiet hours, especially on weekends. I get up around five to six a.m., get coffee, and go to the park for a long walk and to play." In the winter, being in Wisconsin, it's less walking and more figuring out how to heat the car via the sun post-sunrise so I can stay warm without burning gas. But in the warm months, I'll walk a few miles alternating between fast catching or go plus. After doing that for a few hours, I get home around when my partner wakes up so we can enjoy the weekend. Wow. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's great. And I just I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, that's some dedication for sure. I think this this is a good example of somebody that knows uh, exactly what they have to do in order to maintain good, uh, happy brainhood, right? Mm -hmm, that alone mm -hmm. time early in the morning, you've made the sacrifice of sleep, you get up and you do it. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Uh, and not something that I could do. <laughs> nope. So nope. Mm -mm. 
No, it's the five or six a.m. that I, I can't do. Yeah, yeah, five or six a.m. is bedtime, man. Why don't you talk about? It's like <laughs> just getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, this next response is from Zizzy B. I have some gyms on my way to and from work that in the before times I would park at and spend a few minutes taking the gym, feeding berries, or doing a raid. I haven't been doing that as much because as a teacher, I feel so swamped at work that I alternate between wanting to spend every minute I can there or steal every minute I can for home time with my husband. Well, hopefully it slows down for you. And thank you for being a teacher during this time. That's that's something else. Um, And. Yeah, I'm hoping you can get back to that. That sounds nice. Having some consistency, especially with uh, gyms, gives you a sense of territory (laughs) is uh, is a fun time. So hopefully you can get back to that sooner than later next response from venus c prime they said yeah before times i would play on the way to and from work there's some stops on the way to the bus stop and i could often spin some of the ones while on the bus itself at lunch i'd go for a random walk somewhere in the city and play with a ball plus set to stops only i could basically guarantee that i'd refill my item bag daily since working from home on a lot of weekdays now the only chance i really have an excuse for a walk is lunch dog is scared of the dark (laughs) and there are only a few stops accessible in the time i got i compensate a little by walking a few miles into town on weekends where i can well sometimes we just have to take the opportunities that arise also i think it's kind of adorable that your dog is scared of the dark i don't think i've met a dog that's scared of the dark poor dog well there's a lot of scary things out there not saying it's not i just saying i haven't met a dog that's scared of the dark oh yeah it also really kind of depends because like out where i live in the you know the sticks of woodstock right uh we every once in a while if you ever window cracked at night you can hear like you know a bunch of coyotes just going yeah. at it and harassing each other and i always wonder about like the dogs that are outside at night and uh and that's why i'll never do that but thank you for the response venusy appreciate it this next one's from modders hello gents i play everywhere In bed when I wake up, post Discord checks, obviously, (laughs) waltz commuting, working, eating, toileting, bathing, and then I set my auto-catcher to run when I put my head down to sleep. There was a lot of auto-catching in there, so my screen time isn't as bad as you'd think, but nonetheless, I play a lot. For raids, eggs, and catches, I can tap, walk, and talk, but now I've got the PvP bug. It's even worse, as I need to focus on that stuff. Thank goodness Mrs. Mod has taken the game up. Yes, Carlo, she has joined the ranks of not real people. Cheers, chaps. Keep up the cracking work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a joke that that all of us are not real uh, to moder- to to Mrs. Mod, I suppose. <laughs> Two moderns. It's great. It's really funny. Oh. Uh, hopefully we get to hear more stories of uh Mrs. Mott in game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping secretly matters that she's better at PvP than you and that it's really frustrating <laughs> for some reason because we all need that motivation, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> Last response is from Mahalo High. And she said, over my morning coffee, I fire up the game and check the Discord. I invite people to raids, zoom over to London for a Genesect, check the news and see how everyone's doing. Throughout the pandemic, this little community has become rather close, supporting each other through good times and bad, often sprinkled with humor. Usually the last on Earth waking up, I reply to the Aussies and Europeans' good morning posts as they near their evenings. Being greeted back from across the pond with a virtual pint makes me feel connected to a world as I ease into my day. Once I'm humbled by a set of GBL, I get about my business. Well, that's just great. That's what a what a routine. I, I love to hear it. That's cool. 
I think that's nice. I th- we've seen that mentioned a couple of times now. First thing in the morning, part of the, part of the wake up routine. That's cool because then you can take care of all the tasks you want to do, get your streaks, and then just kind of put it down and casually come back later with no stress attached, which is nice. Notice in this selection, I didn't hear any send 30 gifts in one sitting. <clears throat> Some people do. Yeah. Maybe maybe it just goes without saying, Kyle. Maybe, maybe. Somebody <laughs> can correct me, I suppose. <laughs> but anyways, for this week's Poke Poll, we have, do you think shinies should be considered content? For example, if a new shiny is the only draw to an event in Pokemon Go, is that enough to get you excited for it? This has been a talking point in the greater community for a really long time since the game kind of even came out and they started doing events. Uh, they've gotten much better at putting other things into events than just a shiny release. But usually the shiny release is the uh, the cherry on top, the, the, the headline, the lead. Right. So, yeah, Kyle, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say first, to be honest with you. So let's start with just the default question. Do you think shinies should be considered content? Yes, I, I, I do think they are content. But the second question, if a new shiny is the only draw to a Pokemon Go event, is that enough to get you excited? Absolutely not. Unless it's a very good shiny. Like it has to be very specific ones that I think are more valuable than others by existing. So like when Darkrai shiny came out in raids, that was exciting yeah. enough to raid Darkrai. Like when Darkrai is, is the shiny or, you know, a set pseudo legendary or anything like that looking into the future when they do hone edges shiny that's you know a big deal litwick if it doesn't ever get a community day that kind of stuff where there's actual high value to the pokemon itself too i think that the shinies are content but they're not like a main course they're kind of like a multiplier to to what is actually happening in that if everything is good the shiny makes everything better but if everything is bad the shiny does not make bad good i think i agree with you i think i just agree with you (laughs) on both points to be super honest with you i definitely thought you were going to make an argument against shinies being content but i think they're content too because exclusivity and opportunity and anything that pretty much generates fomo is kind of content to a degree because it drives people to your game for a reason and by definition that's kind of content right but yeah beyond that i think the bigger question like you said before is is a new shiny enough of a draw to get me excited pokemon go Uh, me personally yeah of course i get excited about just about anything in pokemon It, it takes a very particular thing for me to even think about not being excited about it like hop up community day or feel community day that's the closest i've gotten to being like i don't want to do this event it's the closest i've ever really gotten but that being said do i think that it's enough of a of a draw for most people the common player people like kyle that i know really well no i don't think so either i think you're right i don't think that would be sufficient for most other people but it's good enough for me yeah i i i do agree Sorry, everybody. This is this is one that apparently we don't have any dissenting opinions. I don't know. It's, it, it, we've, we have talked about this in the past several times when it's come up. We've just never had it as a poke poll. So this is mostly being put forth to kind of get everybody else's responses because I'm curious. 
because this has been a two year long conversation for Kyle and I. So, yeah. <laughs> and that being said, dear listener, if you'd like to answer this week's pull question, which is, do you think shinies should be considered content? For example, if a new shiny is the only draw to an event in Pokemon Go, is that enough to get you excited for it? You can answer it when we post it on Twitter at GoCastPodcast.com. You can also call us on our voicemail line to 262-586-7717 and leave a reply there. Uh, or lastly, you can leave us an email, send us an email to mail at GoCastPodcast.com. But before we get to anything mail, e, or voice related, we're going to pass on over to Fish and DeFi E for their PvP corner segment, and this week they're going to be covering a deep dive into Ultra League Premier Cup, which is around the corner, in addition to several other things. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Fish on Hater. And I'm DeFi E250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment with a Midwestern and Australian accent. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, we had Go Battle Day. It has come and it has gone. How was your Go Battle Day, Fish? Um, well, I thought it was doing pretty well, but then I looked at my rating and I'm like, wait, wasn't I like 100 points higher before? <laughs> um, so I guess not great, but also good because it was fun. What about you? <laughs> Yeah, mine went pretty well. I used um, Enhoff is going to be kind of a recurring theme for me in Go Battle League. <laughs> She's really good at creating teams, which is something I really struggle with. She uses Metacham, Walrin, and Greedent. And I played about 60 battles. I climbed, but not a ton. Um, I still ended short of Veteran on Go Battle Day. So I was in like, I think the 22, 2300s um, after Go Battle Day. Okay, okay. And... Now that Sinnoh Cup is over, we are into the Ultra League and Ultra Premier Classic. Have you played some battles? I have. I hit veteran today. Um, again, I was watching Enhoff. Big shout out to her. If you're not following her on Twitch, I highly recommend it. Uh, she played Trevenant Lead, Swampert, and Walren. And... I played that team and I did amazing. <laughs> I climbed all the way up to veteran. I actually got all the way up to 2643. Yeah, I went 21 and four today in Go Battle. Wow. That's, that's the best day I've had in a long, long time. That's amazing. Well done. Congratulations. I know that was something that you were eager to achieve and I'm glad you were able to achieve it. Thank you. How about you? How's Ultra League, Ultra League Premier Classic? How's this meta going for you? Uh, so far, so good. My stream chat helped me put together a team because I was struggling to work out what to run. Um, they helped me put together a team of Gallade Lead, Alolan Muck with Poison Jab, Acid Spray, and Dark Pulse, and Walrein as a safe swap. And I've been going pretty well as well. Definitely not DeFi levels of well, but... <laughs> Uh, pretty good. I've been climbing. I've been recovering all the points I lost during Meme Team Monday. <laughs> well, you hit Veteran way before I did. You hit Veteran super early. Another couple of quick headlines. We are in the middle of a Team Go Rocket event where you can TM those shadow Pokemon to get rid of frustration. So make sure you get onto that. It ends Sunday, January 30, US time. 
there's also some new shadow Pokemon available. Um, the ones that I'm really interested in are Shadow Cyndaquil, which evolves into Typhlosion and will be very, very interesting in Ultra League. Chikorita that evolves into Meganium will be a very interesting pick for Great League and does have some play in Ultra. And Shadow Electrode is a new one that will probably have a lot of play in Love Cup. But the big one, DeFi, Shadow Wisma. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the one that will get absolutely no use ever by anything, any time, by anyone. You nap. Every Pokemon fish is one move update away. Except Wisma. Well, Exploud. Nah, I mean, okay, so you've got Pokemon like Dunsparce, who is so lame that it ends up being funny and fun, and same with, like, Bidoof, but I think Wisma is so lame that it's just lame. All right, we need to hear your thoughts. Everybody email, tweet us. <laughs> is Wisma lame? I don't think so. I think it's cute. Hmm, yeah, okay. We also have a move update. The Regis are getting new moves in this cycle of raids. Regirock is getting Earthquake. Reg Ice is getting Thunder. And the big one, DeFi, the one that is going to break everything when it is here, Registeel getting Zap Cannon. This is happening from February 9th to February 16th. And I read on the Palatown server this morning, someone posted a screenshot saying that Registeel with Zap Cannon alone gets more wins in Open Great League than it does with Flash Cannon and Focus Blast combined. I saw that too, and I am nervous. So I'm very interested to see if they're going to nerf Zap Cannon, because if they just give it to Registeel as is, it is going to be so broken. Another Pokemon that you really want to take a look out for, all of the Deoxys forms will be out for three days each. The one that you want to really pay attention to, though, is Defense Deoxys. Really fantastic in Great League and also has some play in Open Ultra League if you XL it. So doing those raids to get those XL candy is definitely an option for you. Defense Deoxys will be in raids from February 22nd to the 25th. Again, three days only. It does get a raid hour on February 23rd. And the last quick update here, we have Hopip Community Day. Just wanted to make a quick note about acrobatics. It is going to be 110 damage, which is a lot. It puts it on par with things like Blast Burn, Flash Cannon, Mega Horn, Outrage, and Payback. Um, a lot of those moves do have 60 energy, and that's kind of what the community is speculating will be the energy cost. It'll be very interesting to see what it is in the end. If it does end up being exactly the same stats as Payback, I do think it'll actually be a little more useful on Jumpluff than Payback was on Machamp because, number one, it's same type attack bonus, so it's it ends up being more powerful than what the stats suggest. Also, Jumpluff is a bulkier Pokemon, so it can get to those kind of higher energy moves a lot more often, and Bullet Seed is so fast charging that it will get to it more often again. So I think that Acrobatics will be a very big improvement for Jumpluff. 
Yeah, and I'm just, I'm really excited about Hop Up Community Day. I think it's a great choice. I think 2022 is starting really strong with Walrun and Hop Up. I love that Jump Pluff is a more accessible version of Tropius, does a lot of the same things, but way more accessible because it's not a regional. So totally happy with Hop Up Community Day. I am excited for February 12th. Next up is the Sylph check-in. We've got a quick update on the invitationals. So just as a quick reminder, uh, January Sylph kind of took off and just did an all-star invitational inviting a variety of people to compete in teams and each team has different battlefields. So each member of the team has a different role. Can you tell me more about those roles, Fish, now that they're finally revealed to us? Yeah, so regular factions requires players to be split into Great League Specialists, Ultra League Specialists, and Master League Specialists, as well as the Field Meta Specialists, which is like Great League, but uh, a different meta within that. This time it is all Great League, but they're rehashing a bunch of different cups from the past. So... We have Marsh Cup all the way from the very beginning of Season 3, I believe it was. We have Kingdom, Rainbow, and Jungle, which were first season cups. Very nostalgic. We have Ferocious Cup and Timeless Cup from Season 2. And Glacial Cup, the most recent meta that just finished in December. So a very wide mix, a lot of nostalgia in that. Which one of those would you like to play if you had the option? Oh, man, I loved Jungle Cup. I thought that was really, really fun. So probably that one. I think that's out of all of these cups, Jungle was the one that I had the most fun with. Yeah, I like that answer. Ferocious Cup was really interesting to me. I'd probably like to give that another go. I'd be happy with anything except Rainbow Cup because I really disliked Rainbow Cup when that was on. It was the most RPS cup, rock, paper, scissors cup that we've ever had, in my opinion. See, and I really didn't like Ferocious Cup. That was probably one of my worst metas that I've ever done. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, that's fine. That means we uh, we, we agree like when we're on the same team, we can (laughs) we can uh, coordinate that easily enough. All right, so we are currently in bout three, which is the final bout. There are two teams left as of recording. Uh, The first team is fast move or FM denial as a skill. And then overcoming emotions is the other team. There are some notable people on either team um, on FM denial as a skill. Um, Count Zuvius of My PvP Academia, Panic 23, Polymers Up, and PV Poke himself, Kakuna Matata, are all on that team. And then in overcoming emotions, some notable people that I recognize in Adequance, Alaflutter, Tangent, and Hot Pocket. So some very exciting battles. I hope that they're recording them and are going to be putting out some uh, content because I would really love to see how some of these battles turn out. We also have the new Silverina meta for February and it is called the Guardian Cup. Now we will be covering it in a deep dive next week but for now just a quick rundown is it's interesting it's something they haven't done before it is only Pokemon that can learn moves of certain typing. They usually more often than not do Pokemon that have certain types. This time it is their moves that we're focusing on. So this is electric, fighting, fire, flying, and psychic type moves. There's a lot of individual bands. 
and there is no fairy types, legendaries, mythicals, or shadows. And I am very excited to deep dive more into that soon. But for today, our deep dive is into Ultra League Premier Classic, the current Go Battle League meta. You ready, Fish? I'm ready. Let's do it. Ultra League Premier Classic just means that there is no legendaries allowed. Also, you can't use Pokemon over level 40. Keep those XLs on the bench. According to PV Poke, your top 10 species of Pokemon that work really well in this meta. Up at the top, of course, we have Walrein, both the regular and the shadow version. Trevenant. Swampert, both the regular and the shadow version. Nidoqueen, the regular and shadow version. Escavalier, Surfetched, Machamp, you guessed it, regular and shadow <laughs> version. As well as Sylveon, Shadow Magnezone, and Blaziken. <laughs> Fish, when was the last time you saw Blaziken at the top of a PV Poke ranking? Probably back in Timeless Cup. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So... What do you know? What makes Blaziken uniquely suited to do well in Ultra League Premier Classic? Well, fighting types are very, very popular in Ultra League, including the Premier Classic meta. And Blaziken is a fighter that can also beat Venusaur and Trevenant, which the others can't really do. It does lose to Empoleon, which is a bit of a reversal from other fighters, but it does have wind conditions, so if you manage to, you know, land a blast burn on it, then that absolutely flips that. Counter damage from Blaziken does 6.5% damage to a wall rain. So by the time the wall rain gets to an earthquake, you have already burned about 60% of the wall rain's HP just with counters alone. So if you say, lead a Blaziken and encounter a Walrein lead as well, you're both starting from a, a standing position, you can absolutely grind that thing down. At that point, you've got options. You can either Blaze kick them to kind of speed up that process. You can take advantage of uh, the fact that you win CMP against a Walrein to do that, or you can maybe shield once and just counter all the way down so you've got a ton of energy for the next Pokemon. One more thing is that it, there's very, very little in the meta that can withstand a brave bird if you want to run that on a blaziken sounds like a really good i'm pokemon i'm glad the kicking chicken <laughs> is getting its time in the sun here so we need to talk for a moment about the walrus in the room as well <laughs> walrein broke everything after community day walrun with powder snow icicle sphere i don't know if i've seen just an upset to metas across the board, Great Ultra and Master League, ever. Yeah. Maybe Swampert Hydro Cannon, maybe, but completely turned the meta upside down. So a lot of what you're seeing in the Ultra League Premier Classic is you're seeing Walren, counters to Walren, so kind of your fighters, and then things that counter the Walren counters. <laughs> Right. Uh, a really, really popular core is just putting Walren in with Trevenant. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen, you know, a team like I'm ran uh, today, Trevenant, Walren, Swampert, or Charizard, Trevenant, Walren. Just kind of taking that Trevenant, Walren core, pairing it with something else. That is a ton of what you are going to see. 
Uh, one thing that does pretty well against a Walrin Trevenant core, I will admit, is Obstagoon. Obstagoon does really well against Walrin, can counter it down pretty easily. And then it has Night Slash there for Trevenant. And Trevenant's Shadow Claws do absolutely nothing to Obstagoon. So if you're looking for a core breaker for a Walrin Trevenant, Obstagoon's a pretty good choice. I am kind of liking electric types as well because, uh, like if I mentioned, there is Walrein and there is uh, counters to the counters of Walrein. A lot of the time, the counters to Walrein will be fighters and people will choose to counter the fighters with flying types. So a good electric type can break a core of Walrein and a flyer quite nicely. You've got things like Electivire, you've got... Ampharos, you've got Luxray. I like Magnazone. There's some advantages and some disadvantages of Magnazone. The advantages are does very well against your fairy types as well, which is another way that people will choose to counter the fighters. Uh, resist Psychic as well, so it's it's a lot more rounded core breaker there. But the downside is that it's going to lose very quickly to the fighters, which... While the other electrics aren't great against the fighters because they're usually very glassy, Magnazone will just take that up to 11. <laughs> um, it doesn't like a fighter very much at all. One caveat to that, though, is that none of those fighters really like taking a wild charge either. So if you can get into a situation where you have a bit of an energy lead, they might not have any shields or maybe one shield that you can burn really quickly and get to the next wild charge, you can flip that matchup. One of the most popular flyers that I've seen is Crobat. Crobat was really popular before Walrein um, in Ultra League, and I think it's maintained some of its popularity because it can still take out those fighters. So an electric type would definitely do some damage to a Crobat. Yeah, and the Magnazone double resisting the Air Slash and double resisting the Poison Fang as well. So Crobat has to rely on a Shadow Ball to get anywhere against a Magnazone. One other thing I will mention is that I'm still seeing a lot of Lapras, uh, which is cool because, you know, Warrain does do a lot of things better than Lapras. It's nice to see that people haven't given up on Lapras yet. But in Ultra League, Lapras has, in the past, been very good with Surf and Ice Beam. It can work just as well with Skull Bash, but Ice Beam does have a place. Until now, I feel, because the inclusion of Warrain in this meta and how dominant it is in both the Ultra League Premier Classic and the Open Ultra League means that dragons are just not going to be as common and as popular as they once were. And dragons were the main reason that Ice Beam had a place on Lapras. Now that that has changed, I would recommend not running Ice Beam as the second move. I would recommend going back to Ice Shard, Surf, and Skull Bash. But what about Legacy Dragon Pulse? Also, not a huge fan. I wish. <laughs> I wish that moveset was better. I actually have a Dragon Pulse Lapras for Great League that I traded off a friend, and like, I, yeah, I want that to be good. I would love Dragon Pulse to get a buff of some kind to make it more viable because it just isn't there, unfortunately. 
All right. Well, I hope that all of those tips help you get ready for Go Battle Day. (laughs) Go Battle Day is coming up really quick here. It's going to be February 6th, and it's going to run these metas. Ultra League Premier Classic, also regular old open Ultra League if that's more of your style. So don't forget, write it down on your calendar. February 6th from midnight to 11.59 p.m., we have Go Battle Day. So be sure to do your sets, at least some of them, to get some of those fantastic rewards. You know what time it is, DeFi? It is shameless plugs, shameless plugs. It's time for shameless plugs. I'm working on making that a theme song. I, I think I think we should make it a theme song every week. Um, so on Palatown PvP, we have the next episode of The Ring happening this Friday night US time. We have the next Gym Breakers World Cup semifinal happening on the 31st. US time that is between California and Japan and we've got a couple of Guardian Cup practice tournaments coming up one is coming up this Saturday night US time and we've got another one on Tuesday night US time so if you would like to practice that we've got a bunch of people who are uh, organizing practice tournaments and practice battles in the Palatown PvP server um, just getting ready for their Guardian Cup and their Ultra League battles as well. So join the fun. Sort out your team. We also, Fish and I both, appeared on episode 100 of After Dark Rye. After Dark Rye is a Pokemon podcast that is run by our friend Brett, also known as Breaker. Has a lot of really great people on it. We also recorded with Gracie, who you've heard here on PvP Corner in the past. She is phenomenal. I do have to put on a disclaimer. After Dark Rye is definitely under that explicit not safe for work tag. So definitely not as family friendly. Not even as family friendly. It is not family friendly at all <laughs> compared to GoCast podcast. So just be aware. So if you are looking for some of that kind of content, uh, Breaker with After Dark Rye has you covered. Be on the lookout for episode 100. I didn't even realize if I knew that many swear words. <laughs> with that we are gonna head out of here if you want to send in some feedback suggestions for content some questions whatever you like you can send it into pvp corner at gocastpodcast.com or you can click on our links in the show description to take you to all the other projects that we are working on like DeFi's twitch and twitter like my palatown pvp server and we will see you next week Bye. Thank you, Fish and DeFi-E, for yet another wonderful PvP corner segment. You two are the best. All right, we were having a conversation. I don't remember where we left it. Something about mail. Kyle? Because it's time for emails. Oh, that's right. And we've got two voicemails. We're going to start with our two voicemails. This first one is from Rodney. Hey, GoCast. This is Rodney. I am a new listener. I have just returned to playing Pokemon Go. Um, I have not played since all oh, the original 150 were out, and I think my po- my Pokedex at that time was about 121. I think I was like level 21. Um, I have been back now since October and participated in my first community day this year. In December, I happened to be in Disney World, which was amazing. Um, I am now currently at a Pokedex of 582, and I'm super proud of that. Um, nice. My test of the year for last year was my first shiny, which happened to be a Shadow Sneasel, which was amazing <laughs> and awesome. 
Um, my goals for 2022 are to finish my Pokedex to a 100% complete, reach level 45, and have a shiny of each of the OG starters and their evolutionary chain. Um, I enjoy the podcast, and it's great to listen to you guys every week. Take care. Bye. All right. Those are some great goals. And with the introduction of the Community Day Classic, I feel like they're rather doable. Yeah, I agree. That is assuming we see more of them. I mean, we haven't gotten confirmation, but I don't think it went over poorly. So here's to hoping we see Squirrel and Charmander this year as well. I'd really like that. That'd be fantastic. I, I mean, I, I slightly disagree, but that's okay. Why? Why? Because we've already gotten Charmander a second time. And as much as I like Squirtle and my girlfriend's not around right now, but uh, we just got the Squirtle squad Squirtle for another event. So it's just like there are other ones that we would like to rerun. That's a good question. And if they do a Squirtle community today, they got to bring back the glasses. I was about to ask. Yeah, if they do it, do they have to bring back the glasses? I feel like they do. Which means I think it's unlikely to, to happen. Anytime soon. Rodney, don't listen to this guy. They're going to happen this year. Don't worry about it. Your goals are safe. You'll be fine. And good luck. Thank you for the voicemail. This next one is from Devante. Hey, it's your boy, Devante, a.k.a. Vontae Tadit, and I'm calling in for Team Voicemail. Team Voicemail. Hope everything's been good with you guys. Chris, Kyle, Fish, DeFi-E. Happy New Year's to everyone. Chris, I hope you're feeling better. I know that COVID can suck. I'm calling in to answer uh, this week's Pokepole, um, which was when do I typically play and if I have any rituals. I'll try to keep this short. I'm more nocturnal since I play overnight, so I usually wake up around noon to 2 p.m. Uh, I'll pop open Pokemon Go a little bit. Uh, after I get dressed for work and make myself some coffee, then normally it I probably won't open the app again until, like, I'm at my first stop uh, or I'm waiting at a loading terminal. I'll definitely open the app to check if I'm in, like, a city like Philly or Baltimore or a place I've never been before. Um, as far as rituals go, not really – Lately, it's more so just been trying to remember uh, to open and send gifts, which is really hard, but much needed because of the big experience grind to level 50, and to remember to interact with my buddy. Right now, I'm almost a best buddy status with a Shadow View 2. Next is going to be my three-star shiny Metagross. Ooh. But, yeah, this is my short and sweet answer to this week's Pokepole. Uh, shiny vibes all and shiny side up. You guys be safe. Take care. Bye. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I wonder how much different the experience is if you're mostly playing in the late afternoon and evening like that because I know the spawns change. They're supposed to be a little bit different at night. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder how Seasons has affected that. Do we still see more ghosts and stuff at night? Uh I do not know, although in my experience, that boost was never as much as it was worth mentioning about. But Fair I'm, enough. I'm slightly biased because I want to be drowning in ghosts at 2 a.m., and that's not how it works. Nope. No, it's not. But there you go. Also, 
Uh, he mentioned gift opening and sending and how it was difficult. <laughs> so on one hand, it was mentioned by somebody, but also it was mentioned in a way that was like, yeah, it's a pain in the butt. So uh, that's a that's a feather in our cap in that category <laughs> for sure. But thank you for the voicemails, Rodney and Devante. Appreciate it. All right. So I want emails coming in from Kamali and they said, hi, guys. I'm sending this because I think I've only heard about this once on a podcast, so I thought I would share. How to increase your best buddies quicker. This is for people who get on the game several times per day who can work on a batch of buddies at one time. Buddies can be swapped out 20 times in a day. Therefore, you can swap out several buddies during the day and work on multiple buddies at one time. I pick between six to nine buddies to level up at a time. It takes almost two months to make a best buddy from zero without using poffins or exciting your buddy. I name them buddy and add a number, i.e. buddy one or buddy two. Then when I'm looking for the next buddy to switch to, I can just type in buddy and find the next one quickly. Sometimes I tag the buddies as buddy as well. I also will do go rocket balloons to complete all three battle hearts at a time. I will lose the first two times and then win the last one so that all the hearts are filled for one buddy at once. You can also lose that third battle heart and switch to the next buddy to do it again with the same rocket balloon. I can also type in buddy to find the buddy to add into a raid. That can earn your battle heart also. If I'm going to walk a lot, I will swap up buddies so that they all have a chance at walking hearts. Once I finish all the hearts, I can complete at a time for that buddy. It is done until the next day. This is how I level up multiple best buddies at a time. Swap them out all day. If you finish all your buddy hearts early in a day, you can work on the next batch of buddies if you have berries to spare. I work to get them to great buddy so the buddy assist feature is ready to go for the next batch. You have to admit that the buddy assist feature is pretty good when it works. I've only ever had it active for like one week. Really? Yeah. Hang on. Oh, okay. (laughs) You can swap 20 buddies per day, so you have the opportunity to work on many buddies. The only cons I've noticed to this method are that it requires getting on the game several times per day. It uses a lot of revives, potions, and berries. If you get low on the revives and potions, you can just skip the battles. You cannot, however, skip the berries or your buddy won't land on the map. Thanks for listening. Love your podcast. Kamele. Kamele. All right. So, yeah, I've, I've almost never had the bonus catch assist on the map really i have made exactly one best buddy yeah but it doesn't have to be best buddy for catch assist it's that great that's my point though i've i've made one best buddy oh you don't I, have you know, like, how I, you know how i walked that stun fisk for 700 800 kilometers yeah it is not even a good buddy <laughs> maybe maybe it is a good buddy maybe i did it once for oh events my oh my gosh you know i walked a spirit tomb 400 kilometers yeah also not even a great buddy it's because you don't like before you do walks for distance you don't give them a poffin or some berries Correct. and have them out Correct. this is this is exactly true and yeah. so uh kamele is absolutely right here there are uh great ways to work on multiple buddies at one time there is one con that's not listed here and it's the place that i fall in this in that it is exceptionally time consuming. It takes so much time to do all of this. It's like I, I don't have a time to actually throw out because I've never bothered timing. But depending on where you are, even just putting down the buddy and feeding berries, the thought of doing that 10 times a day is just like 
it's disgusting to me personally. Well, I mean, you could you could quick treat and then you just wouldn't be doing the free the free hearts for photo and petting, but you could get the quick treat in. Yeah, but like if you're if you're actually trying to optimize, if you're only feeding, all you get is the you're getting one of your hearts for feeding and well, you're getting whatever you're walking. Yes, which would be much more than the zero you got on the other buddies that you walked for 7,000, you know, whatever candies. And it, but like it know. doesn't matter if, if I wasn't going for best buddy, it doesn't matter. So we're talking about if somebody's actively going for best buddy, they're going to want all these hearts, which means it's time consuming. Right. What I'm saying is, as a counterexample to what you're saying about it being time consuming, is that even if you did do the bare minimum of just quick treat, throw, 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 and then went on those walks and that would take you maybe about 30 seconds to a minute to do that. You would be having best buddies just passively because you're doing the other part of the work. You're just not getting credit for the hearts. Technically, yes. But again, if you only did that, you're looking at four hearts per day and it takes 300 for best buddy. Mm-hmm. So almost three months to get one best buddy. That that rate, I, I almost don't count as existing. So personally. my perspective on this, Kyle, is, is pretty similar, actually. But that I'm an all or nothing sort of guy. And so for me, if I'm not going to do all 20, I almost don't want to interact with the feature. But I have gotten myself in in a spot where I am enjoying rotating through my 100% and making them all buddies one at a time. But only having one. Because I feel like having 20 buddies kind of like ruins the the nature of the feature to me like to me a buddy is like i'm building a relationship with this one pokemon and if i have 20 of them it's not even like it doesn't even have a root in numbers from the game if it was like six you could swap between i'd be like oh yeah that's my team you know what i mean but i just focus on one at a time that being said if you do want to min max the whole system this is a great guide and a a lot of Mm -hmm. wonderful tips on how to do this and min max it and stuff like that uh, Kyle and I are just being straightforward and honest about how we won't be doing this. <laughs> I think I think one of the things I have to take away especially is not necessarily that I have any issue against the, the buddy system at all, even though I, I do think it takes probably five times longer than it should to interact yeah. with. That the, the days that it takes to get the hearts is fine. The time it takes to put in to get that is, is frustrating. But it's that the best feature of in my opinion, of the buddy system is the one we've had since the start. And it's that you get candy for walking it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, doubly so the best feature now because XL candy is a thing. So while I do actually have Pokemon, I would like to take to best buddy. I have Pokemon. I would rather walk for XL more. Sure. It's competing. It, yeah. And they're not on the same list. <laughs> Like I would like to make all of the ghosts that I took to level 40 and will eventually take the 50 once it's actually a reasonable thing uh, be best buddies. I've already done one of them, obviously, but I would rather have the XL candy from what I'm walking. And like I said, the swapping is just not something I'm looking to do. Yeah, I think that's a fair take for sure. And I think a lot of people identify with that. I like the one at a time thing like i said mm-hmm. i can't do more than that so i'm pretty much in the same boat but thank you very much for sending in this email and to those of you listening at home that would like to get more out of the buddy system i mean again great guide great tips you should definitely heed the words shared to us with Kamele. and we're sorry if we got your name wrong by the way but that's it for the uh, email and voicemail section if you'd like to send us an email like this fine folk did you can send it to mail at gocastpodcast.com 
And if you'd like to send in a voicemail, you can call our voicemail line 262-586-7717. And yeah, we'll play it on the show, just like you saw two examples of earlier on. But that brings us to the end of the show. Speaking of everything GoCast Podcast, go to GoCastPodcast.com for all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. Support us on Patreon. If you'd like to help monetarily support the show, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCast podcast, where $1 a month gets you access to the Patreon Discord, which is the by and far the best perk that we offer for sure. And speaking of patrons, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you to Cyprian Bo, Daniel Zekwalker, Andrew Robert, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted Tishben, Marvin and Mimi, Sports there, Jason Charles, Modders, and Devante. Thank you so very much for your generous support and for helping us keep of the digital lights on if monetary support is not in the cards for you or you already have done so and you're looking for an additional way to help support the show a free way to do so would be to leave a review and you can leave it on your favorite podcasting platform as long as they maintain reviews in some degree uh spotify <laughs> recently did so but you can only do it via the mobile app so uh, i saw so many reviews since we started talking about this a few weeks ago so thank you so very very much to all of you that did that. And if you haven't yet, what are y'all waiting for? Open it up. Leave a review. You don't even have to write text. It's just stars. <laughs> but thank you very much for any support that we get in any form. We really appreciate it. Now, Kyle, I'm going to support you. And I'm going to ask you for your goals this week. Um, and then I'm going to harass you next <sighs> week. And actually exactly a week about them. Does that sound good? Yeah. Oh, thanks. All right. Man, there is not much going on right now, huh? No, we're about to take the dive into February. Yeah, but like nothing's happening. <laughs> no. We got raids and then nothing happens until a uh, community day, actually. Yep. My lord. Oh, well, we don't have the information about the New Year festival yet, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, the Lunar New that's Year event. start next Tuesday, so it It's going matter. to start on the day we record, yeah. <sighs> so I was thinking okay. about when I completing whatever research is available no, for it, but I don't I'm know. not going to do that. I'll, I'll put it down. Going to hatch 40 eggs. It is okay. Tuesday. I've hatched zero. <laughs> okay. Perfect tragedy. I accidentally put a 12K egg in a, my free incubator because the game lagged while I was clicking. That's so, what you get for using free incubators. Excuse me. My free incubators are for 2Ks. I just didn't have any at the time. Okay. Or 5Ks, but I was putting the 12K <laughs> in first. Okay. I didn't. Okay, I don't right. want to be pregnant. Get to walking, buddy. <laughs> uh, I've done like four kilometers of it already, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. I uh, You're working on your overall Stardust goal for the year. So probably let's say 200,000 Stardust right now. Okay. Um, hopefully I actually make this best buddy. So we'll say 500,000 experience. Um, And oh, hang on. Hang on. This 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 might be a good one. This might be a good one. Are you ready? I am ready. Are, are, are you prepared? Yes, and I'm oh, seated. Hang on, hang on. Never mind. I may have already. I may have already completed it. Oh I no! I was gonna say, do finish the seven-sided rainbow, <laughs> but I actually have already fought all of the leaders, so I just have to fight Giovanni. No, hang on. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Well, I'll just say I'll fight Giovanni, so I make sure I do that this week. All right. Fight I just Giovanni. Collect, I just collected the super radar. Everybody. Is he back and available? I have. I mean, I have no idea. Oh, we're going to find out. I don't know. We, are, we are definitely going to find out. That's right. 
All right, cool. So 40 eggs, 200,000 Stardust, 500,000 experience and fight Giovanni, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's it's as long as the game lets me, it will. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's still around. Okay, awesome. For myself, 50 eggs, 1 million experience. And this is the one that I will fail because it won't work out this way. Complete New Year, Lunar New Year event. I'm assuming there will be some sort of research or something. Um, but we know nothing about it. So I'm kind of just <laughs> tossing this one to the wind. <laughs> See where it takes me. Something I forgot to mention at the top, though, Kyle, a small point of celebration. I did hit level 48 on Bulbasaur Community Day. Wow. Yes. Uh, yes. Love that experience for me. Love it. It's not that big a deal, but I just got my platinum catch Pokemon badge, which is 50,000. I got that on Bulbasaur Day as well. 50,000? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Chris. Chris, I don't want to hear it. I know you're at 106,000. Okay. <laughs> But you're also level 48, which is probably about 65 million more experience than I have. So that's true. It's true. Uh, yep. I'm sorry. It's just, I just every once in a while we talk about one of your medals. And I'm like, really? Just because I consider you the same player as I am whenever we talk about this. Hey, hey, I've walked only 300 kilometers less than you. So 300 kilometers is a lot of kilometers, but I don't know what to tell you. It's not that much. Yeah, it's really not as much as the person who had uh, 130,000 kilometers that I uh, did a raid with apparently last week. How impressive and and absolutely genuine. Yes, Uh absolutely. (laughs) Okay, well, what a note to end on. Thank you so much for (laughs) tuning in. We'll see y'all next week for episode 177. Until then, take care. Bye bye. Bye.